This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. All right, public affairs radio is off and running. My name is Adam Ritz. So glad you've decided to tune in to Jay Baker and myself rant on about public affairs issues uh, that uh, may or may not make your life better. So Jay Baker joining me on the telephone. How you doing, Jay? I am doing great, Adam. Hope you are too. For our new listeners, Jay and I usually host the show together in the same studio, uh, but for the last few months we've been honoring the social distancing and uh, i've been in studio jay has been in his home studio via telephone so uh no no real end uh in sight as to when we're actually going to be in the same room you have any guesses jay when we'll actually be in the same studio i think that we'll probably do our in-studio show sometime in mid-august if everything plays out properly you know, that's fine with me. Uh, yeah. I, I don't even know. I, it's really up to you to when you want to come back to the studio. Um, so maybe it'll be mid-August of 2024. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, but we uh, want to start right out of the gate with uh, something happening this weekend on June 7th. It is National Cancer Survivors Day. Um, do you know, Jay, anybody, uh, friends or family that have survived is a survivor of cancer? Yes. Uh, and cancer touches so many lives. Uh, and yes, I do. And I'm going to guess many of our listeners have as well. Yeah, it does uh, touch all of us. And, uh, hopefully, and I would agree that, that survivors also, uh, touch all of us. So I, I do have, uh, an aunt. I've got some friends and family. They've gone through it. My own father had a, a pretty big um, bout of cancer back in the 80s that had very low survivability ratings or, or percentages, and he pulled through, and he's still he's 78 years old. And, and uh, I should call my dad on uh, June 7th and say, Happy National Cancer Survivors Day. It's an international day. Uh, began in the United Kingdom to recognize, and uh, it celebrated on the first Sunday in June every single year. So if you or uh, someone you know is going through uh, a cancer diagnosis or battling cancer, uh, we tip our hats to you, and hopefully uh, you can celebrate uh, being a survivor someday very, very soon. Uh, Before we get to Jay and Jay's topics, I just want to thank our underwriters today, Vibonomics. I'm in the Vibonomics studios, and uh, we like to recognize them for making this show possible. Vibonomics is an audio a solution platform and in-store music provider with marketing messages and advertising as well. So they do kind of a turnkey operation with uh, marketing messages, advertising, and in-store music in retail spots across the country. You can learn more about them at vibonomics.com. Vibonomics.com. Jay Baker, happy uh, National Survi- Cancer Survivors Weekend to you, my buddy. No, I appreciate that a lot. And I think just obviously any kind of cancer awareness is good. Get regular checkups. And yes, and let us hope that everyone who is touched by cancer uh, becomes a survivor and stays a survivor. Uh, A couple of things right before we get to today's topic. You and I may be in the wrong line of work. Well, I knew. uh, Stop right there because we are. (laughs) 
<laughs> we're on the radio. <laughs> sure. Well, that's a given. But how about this? Jeff Bezos of Amazon fame last quarter made, this is his personal gain, $34.68 billion. So he apparently is doing just fine. Don't worry about him. You know, I was wondering if he was going to make it through these hard economic times. It's nice to know he made $34 billion in the last three months. In the last three months. So he's doing just fine. Also, we do have some thoughts and prayers about uh, the people of the Gulf Coast. Uh, Tropical Storm Cristobal is headed inland uh, towards Louisiana and is expected to make uh, landfall sometime Sunday afternoon. So everybody in that area, we're thinking about you. Uh, it's a tropical storm now, but it could become a hurricane. So uh, That's right. just thinking of those people to throw weather on top of all the other problems that we're sort of having now. Uh, our topic today, Adam, is safe driving. And I know it's going to sound so silly because remember we talked about June being safety month. And you say, how do I be safe? Well, just be careful. But we actually have some down-to-earth safe driving tips. And if you're like me, Adam, you feel like you might be just a little out of practice if you've been sheltering at home. You haven't been driving as much. There's a good chance that you maybe have put less than 10 miles on your on your car. Maybe you haven't even bought a tank of gas in the last 90 days. Uh, and as states open up and travel becomes more likely, especially uh, with the thought of summer vacations. Yeah, we're going to be driving a lot more. So I'm glad that's the, the topic today. Yeah, some great tips. Some of these are going to be duh, but the, when you hear some of these, you're going to go, man, I didn't think about that. The obvious one is to obey speed limits. And of course, this has to do with safety. Be attentive. You know, distracted driving is a big problem. In fact, we're going to talk in just a little bit about what the cell phone and what texting has done to driving. But being attentive is like one of the main things you can do to really help yourself with driving. You should, of course, never drive under the influence of alcoholic beverages or drugs. Um, and you probably have heard the ads, Adam. Buzz driving is drunk driving. You need to be super careful. If you do happen to go to uh, uh, an outing of some kind, you've had a few beers, your best bet is to uh, let somebody else drive you home. I think a lot of people uh, have gotten that message, and I don't know many people that don't plan ahead when they know they're going to be having a cocktail somewhere. Uh, and I also know a lot of people have, have just stopped uh, having a cocktail, you know, at the spur of the moment, for, the, for that exact fear. They, they, yes. have, they have to drive home. Usually, old days, you'd be out, uh, maybe stop by somewhere on the way home, and you weren't planning on drinking, and then you had a cocktail that might have led to more, and then you did, you, there was no pre-planning, and without planning, uh, that's when the DUIs would hit. So I think a lot of people plan ahead and have just made the decision, I'm not drinking tonight or, or any night that I haven't pre-planned how I'm going to get home. Yeah, it's a very, very good idea. Before you get into your car, you should do some type of safety check. It doesn't have to be a major thing where you, you know, disassemble your vehicle and reassemble it. But there are some things about your car that you can readily notice. One of them being, do your tires look like they're properly inflated? Do your turn signals work? Uh, do your brake lights work? Not a bad idea. 
I had to chuckle just a little bit, though, Adam. During my research, one of the things they suggested was see if there's anything hanging from your vehicle. So I'm thinking if something's <laughs> hanging from your vehicle, there's more wrong than just a simple safety check. Like uh, like a koala bear or an animal, like hanging underneath it, the car? It, it didn't indicate what to look for, but you're right. If you see a koala bear hanging off your car, you hopefully are parked in Australia. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Uh, also, uh, if you drive with your headlights on, they have done studies. You are four times more visible with your headlights on while driving. And you know a lot of newer cars have the so-called daylight running lights. That's right. That just are on all the time. They're on all the time. And I'll uh, I'll take this sort of PSA the other direction uh, with a pre-car check. If you are going to the drive-in and you have a car that you never turn on the headlights because they're automatic, stop and learn how to turn them off. Because as soon as you pull into the drive-in <laughs> and your headlights will not go off, you will... Uh, really tick off every single person around you that has has to you know have their night affected by your blinding lights. Turn them off. <laughs> You'll be like the guy that was in the regular cinema with the way too tall a hat. Is that it? That's right. You know, and that's and, what made the stovepipe hat go away. <laughs> and <laughs> we we may be in a world where the only theaters we have are drive-in theaters. So. Uh, this is the most important public service announcement and public affairs topic I could touch on this week, as uh, I'll probably be at a drive-in this uh, weekend myself. Learn how to turn your headlights off well before dusk. There's Absolutely. my PSA. Okay. There you go. And Adam is a cinema lover, so he knows what he's speaking about. Uh, one thing that you should do is... Utilize your turn signal. Once again, when I was going through these, I thought, duh. But we do live in a society where I think people get busy. They get distracted. They don't use that turn signal. And it is a nice courtesy, and it is safer for you because you're letting the other driver know, hey, I'm going to turn here. I'm going to turn in front of you. Ultra safe. Use them. I know not everybody does. I always chuckle when I see people exclude the turn signal that their arm is not long enough to reach the stock to actually flip the turn signal on. So I give them the benefit of the doubt. That, that's a pet peeve of mine when I'm waiting on somebody and they end up turning and they did not have a turn signal on. Uh, I, I think part of that comes back to distracted driving. I think a lot of people don't use a turn signal when they are also using their phone because one of their, yes. their hand is being uh, taken up by the touchscreen on the phone. Uh, the other hand is used to actually turn the car with the steering wheel so they don't have a third hand to flip on the turn signal. So, you know, distracted driving isn't just distracting you. It's, it's causing uh, other people to maybe drive a little unsafe because they don't know where you're going because you're not using your turn signal. Absolutely. Great point. Here's a great tip. I, I had never seen this before in print, but it makes all the sense in the world. When you stop at a stop sign, say S-T-O-P to yourself because that gives you a second to actually reflect that you're going to move away from that stop sign. And that means that you should look left and right 
and then left again because the left side is the most dangerous side of the vehicle. It's where the driver sits. And if you pull out into traffic on the left-hand side, you could be involved in a very serious accident. So I thought that was interesting. Actually, stop at the stop sign and reflect what you're looking for. So stop. When you come to the complete stop, that's when you spell stop in your head. S-T-O-P in your head. Should you not uh, sing the chorus to stop in the name of love? (laughs) You could. And the good news is the stop sign is right there to remind you to either sing or spell the word. I prefer to sing I Just Want to Stop by Gino Vanali. (laughs) With my Gino Vanali wig on. I think you secretly want to be Gino Vanali. And he always... He looked great in the puffy shirt. Did you notice that? He he did. So when you see me at a, at a four-way stop and I've been sitting there for three minutes, it's because I'm singing Gino Vanelli in my head. That is too funny. That's like being rickrolled, but you're at a stop sign. That's too funny. Here's an interesting tip. You are driving down the road. There's a number of cars parked to the right of you. Many city streets allow parking. So you're driving along. What's the number one thing you need to look for? is suddenly somebody opening a car door. Mm, Yeah. So they say what you should do is expect a car door to open, and then that way you're kind of prepared if you see one just suddenly fly open. I've not witnessed that. Have you seen that on a busy street with with a parallel parker? I have seen it a couple of times. Thankfully, I wasn't close to it. I always say to myself, if somebody flings their door open, that you're going to lose a car door much like Tommy Boy. Absolutely. That's the exactly film right. Tommy Boy. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. When you drive, you should, and this helps you sort of avoid the road rage syndrome, but expect others, other drivers to potentially make mistakes. And then that way you're kind of prepared for it. And you're not upset if you see something silly in front of you. That's great advice. Uh, everybody, every, we're all human. We all make mistakes. There's no way everybody on the road around you is not going to not make a mistake. Right. I was, uh, the last time I saw some really silly driving, I realized that this woman was trying to park to go to the farmer's market. Cause my initial thing was, well, this really doesn't seem like good driving. And then I realized, oh, she just was so anxious to get to the farmer's market that you do have to cut people some slack because you realize, Hey, there are some great deals at the farmer's market, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If your car stalls on the road, Adam, you should get off as far to the right as you can. And then you should stay with your vehicle. It's much safer to actually stay with your car. We have actually heard some stories where people tragically were involved in accidents after they left their vehicle. So stay in the car, Make a telephone call and let AAA or the authorities come and help you. It's funny, um, the two things you just said most recently, uh, if your car has trouble, pull off as far right as you can. And then just before that, you said, always assume other people are making mistakes around you. Yes. Um, I, I you, you can't just drive thinking that there's never going to be a problem and that you've got a, a free lane home. Uh, just the other day driving on a very busy uh, 70 mile an hour speed limited interstate highway uh, I saw a young woman uh, with a pickup truck who had a flat tire and she was off onto the right but really not that far off the main you know lane of the right side of the highway 
and she's trying to change this tire. And I mean, she's only a few feet away from cars whizzing by at 70, yes. 80 miles an hour. So, you know, for, for her, uh, got, absolutely uh, be safe and careful. Pull off as far right as you can. And then for every other driver just whizzing along the highway, you cannot think it's a beautiful day. The sun's out. I'm on my phone. Um, maybe buzz drive, whatever. You have right. you have to have your hands at ten and two, and be paying attention. Do not even look away for a split second to change the channel on the radio, or pick a song on Spotify, because that's the split second. There's going to be a person two feet away from your bumper changing their tire on the side of the highway. Yeah, and like you said, you're placing other people at risk when you don't need to. So some of this sounds like a lecture, but as you said, it's just great common sense. And you could save a life once again by adhering to some of these safe driving tips. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're following the car in front of you, there is a suggested interval of about four seconds. And how you can determine whether you're four seconds away from the car in front of you is, let's say you're both just driving along the road. You pass a mailbox. When you pass a mailbox, start counting 1,001, 1,002. You should maintain about a four-second interval from the car in front of you. And I thought that that was a great tip. I like to keep three minutes between me and the car in front of me. <laughs> and how I measure that is I sing Gino Vanali, uh, but the entire song before I, I pass that mailbox. <laughs> Does it your Spotify account have all the Gino Vanelli songs? I can tell you this. When I post this show online, I am going to tag Gino Vanelli and see if he retweets or reposts this show. He's gonna he's making money. People are downloading his song right now. You know, many people do not realize this, but Gino, besides being an outstanding singer and looking great in the shirt, he has dedicated his life to public service, and that's why we like to recognize that on the Adam Rich Show. I'm going to make it a goal of mine to have him on the show. We'll support uh, <laughs> the foundations and charities that he supports, uh, and we'll get uh, I Just Want to Stop as the uh, bumper music for <laughs> the Safety Driving uh, uh, Awareness Day show that we'll, we're going to do now. Every, every June, every year, we're going to do a show with this topic. Absolutely. We did mention distracted driving, the two most or the, the two biggest factors in distracted driving are probably pretty obvious to everyone. The cell phone, because not only the telephone aspect part of it, but texting has become very popular. And as Adam said, if you're driving on a 55 mile per hour road, they say that even just looking at your text, let alone texting, can take up to five to six seconds. And at 55 miles per hour, you cover the length of a football field every five seconds. That's amazing. That's pretty amazing. So by you looking down, it's like you drove the length of a football field blindfolded. I'm You're telling, just not paying attention. I'm telling my daughters uh, that. Uh, and I'm very proud of them. They do not text and drive. They, they both put their phones away. Uh, but that's still more information that uh, I don't know if they know that. I'm going to make sure they know it tonight. I think it's a good tip, and it's interesting that you're going to talk to your daughters about this because the number one factor they said that's influential in this is parents have to be an example. We've talked about this before. You're in the car with your kids. The way that you drive, 
your response to others and then the way you look at your phone are all being imprinted on your kids, whether you choose to believe that or not. That's absolutely true. Uh, Yeah, without question. Now, no state has a complete ban on cell phones, but there are a number of states where you cannot use the handheld version of the phone. You have to use some some type of headset or built-in microphone inside the car. Uh, The greatest at-risk group, and this is probably no surprise to anyone, is the drivers that are age 16 to 19. They are three times more likely to be involved in a serious accident. Believe it. I believe it. Every time somebody is tailgating me, and I mean right up on me, uh, when they finally pass me or I turn off, it's usually a 16 to 19-year-old driver who, who doesn't quite understand um, that four-second rule, or, or I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know why they feel it's necessary to go faster than me when they're behind me. Yes. Now, here's an interesting uh, website, the Governor's Highway Safety Association, and what it, that particular website does is sort of explain all the different rules for cell phone usage per state. So I just selected one. Uh, at random, I usually pick Ohio because they're right in the middle of the state, and uh, I have uh, some buddies that live in Ohio. But uh, just to give you an example, in Ohio, you can have a handheld cell phone. That's okay. However, no one under the age of 18 can use a handheld cell phone while driving in the state of Ohio. And it's a primary law, which means that a police officer can stop somebody under the age of 18 who's using their cell phone for no other reason other than they're using their cell phone. But if you're over 18, they're not allowed to stop you if you're using your cell phone? Right. You can still continue to use your cell phone. Obviously, the caveat is that you want to be using your cell phone as safely as possible and not in a distracted manner. Uh, But interestingly, in Ohio, even though you still can have a handheld cell phone, texting for everyone is absolutely forbidden. Mm -hmm. And that's a primary law as well, which means that if they spot anybody texting, they can pull them over and cite them. Because once again, the distraction level is so high, you're being very hazardous, not only to yourself, but everyone around you. And in Ohio, isn't it true that if you get pulled over and you have a Michigan safety case around your phone, you, it's a mandatory five years, right? <laughs> All Buckeye uh, fans would uh, <laughs> would attest that that is accurate. Yes. Do not drive with Michigan plates or a uh, cell phone case that says big blue on no, it. No, 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 no. Do not that do that. Is not good. This is, this is all about driving safety. And if, you are, if you're a Michigander, just stay out of Ohio. <laughs> do do your part. Here's a, a note. I think many of us know this, but don't really think about this. You want to pull over and get off the road as far as possible to allow emergency vehicles to pass. They're obviously on their way to something very important, a lot more important than what you're doing. So please pay attention and give them room. Okay. I've got some questions for you, Jay. Sure. Uh, and you know, I don't assume that you're a, uh, a driving instructor, uh, and it's been several decades since I took driver's ed. But when there is a emergency vehicle with sirens, uh, yes. you, you pull over, 
and, and allow them to pass, even if, if they're coming toward you. Uh, what if you're on like a divided highway? Do you not pull over because they're, they were on a divided highway with a huge median and grass between the lanes? There's no chance for them to use your lanes anyway. Right. Do, do you not pull over? And I hate to admit, because I don't. Well, I don't either, but I do kind of slow down just in case they need to pull a U-turn or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of slow down, but I try to be careful, too, that I don't hold up the traffic behind me. But I think your point is well taken. If it's physically impossible for them to occupy that part of the road you're on, you're probably okay with not uh, pulling over. But you know what? Back to uh, always being alert when you drive. If you're approaching an intersection and you have the green light, you can't just think, honky-dory, I'm in the clear, my light is green, I'm flying through this intersection with my volume of my uh, music at full blast because it's a beautiful day and I'm the greatest. When you approach an intersection, even with a green light, think, I, I, I do this every time, think, what if there's an emergency vehicle coming the other way? Uh, because you would need, you know, you need to pull over and come to a quick stop if there's, if there's a, an ambulance or a fire truck coming across that you can't hear because your music's too loud. Um, Great there's, point. there's been a lot of disasters in intersections because of people with the green light just believing in their heart and mind that no matter what, they have the right of way when they get to that green light. Great point that you mentioned intersections because the National Traffic Safety Administration has indicated that it's areas of higher collision that cause the most serious accidents. That's why the interstate is such a dangerous place. The posted limits oftentimes are over 55 miles per hour. And as Adam was saying, as you approach an intersection, let's say you're going 35 or 40, the posted limit, somebody in the other lane is going 35 or 40 and is either run the red light or there's an ambulance on the way, the collision forces could be extreme. So you're right. You do set up a scenario to have a much more serious accident. So be very careful in intersections. Uh, one of the things, and I, you know, once again, the part of this was like you're thinking, well, of course I know how to drive. But how about this one? Plan ahead. Leave 10 minutes earlier than you normally would to give yourself plenty of cushion. For that sure. way you're not stressed. You're not breaking the speed limit, and this allows you to be more attentive on your way. Absolutely. Totally. And I love you, that one. Yeah, and it's 10 minutes out of your life that basically adds to your life quite a bit. Uh, here, here's a – boy, this is one that you you don't necessarily think of, but it's absolutely true. Have you ever seen a sticker on the back of a semi that says, if I can't see you in my mirrors, I can't see you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, ex the example is there's a blind spot immediately behind large vehicles like trucks and buses. And unless you can see the driver and their mirrors, they can't see you. So just a, a, a kind of a, a strange little tip, but always be aware if you're behind a truck to be far enough back that you can see the driver in the vehicle. I have a sort of a tip, pro tip, uh, sort of based on that blind spot as well. If you're driving... Uh, and this, this happens nearly every time I drive, and I'm very conscious of it because I can't stand when someone does this to me. If you're driving along and you notice you're in someone's dry, uh, blind spot, rather, if you're mm -hmm. in their blind spot, then slow down or speed up. Get out of their blind spot. 
Good point. They can't see you. So, uh, yeah, I, I've, I'll be uh, right on the hindquarters of a car, and I discover we're going the same speed, and I know I'm in their blind spot. I'll slow down and get behind them or, or speed up and pass them because, you know, depending on what's happening on their other side of their car that I don't know what's going on, they may need to cut over into my lane in quick fashion to avoid a collision. Uh, there's no reason to drive in somebody else's blind spot unless you don't have a choice and it's just that packed of a rush hour. Right. No, that's a great point. And once again, it goes back to planning ahead and then being ultra aware about what's happening around you. And one of our tips was you could expect people to make a mistake. So you're right. If you're in that blind spot, the guy in front of you suddenly decides, I need to be in the lane next to me. And you're kind of been hanging out in that blind spot, like Adam said, then part of that accident might be a little bit on you because you're purposely in a spot where he can't see you. That's right. Yeah, it's a tough um, one. Well, that's interesting. Uh, as we wrap up the show here, just quickly, Jay, when was the last time you were in an accident? Thankfully, I haven't been in an accident for about 15 years. Yeah, it's it's been quite some time for me, too. I know I, I can't even really remember. Uh, maybe maybe 20 years plus. So Good. Uh, hopefully uh, we'll check back next week because it's going to be pretty (laughs) ironic if you and I have an accident, uh, especially if we run into each other in the parking lot at the station uh, here in the next couple of days. (laughs) Jay, thank you so much for uh, sharing uh, your public affairs issues today on the show, and we want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you want to hear past episodes of all of our shows, including this one, they are on demand and ready for you to listen right now on our website, adamritzshow.com. Take care. We'll see you next week. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.